Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck with us. Can Jazz fans expect anything big happening this offseason? Well, we're still about, you know, what, a week, uh, less than a week away from the draft. You know, like I said, the transaction window is not even open yet. So, you know, I'll that normally happens late draft period uh, during free agency. They all come in a rush. Um, scenarios that I may not have any idea about right now other than in a, in a theoretical sense may come to fruition two days from now. Um, and So what we spend our time doing preparing for the transaction window is being able to make um, timely decisions, more that like we've got to be prepared for anything. And if, if 2020 has shown <laughs> any of us that we need to be prepared for literally sort of the late draft rush of phone calls and intel gathering and positioning for free agency and all those things of what we can expect and then just be ready to execute on that when, when things come our way. There you go. That's Justin Zanuck from the big show as uh, Gordon uh, to steal Bowler's phrase, buckle up, because it's going to be wild here in the NBA for the next uh, uh, couple of weeks, and certainly already off to a, a big start with a big trade in the NBA, which we'll get to uh, coming up here momentarily. But we've got the draft on Wednesday, free agency uh, believes or begins Friday, I believe. I mean, things are about to get real nuts real fast. Yeah, they are, and as you mentioned, it's condensed in a way that it's going to be kind of fun to see what uh, what changes are in store uh i sorry for letting the air out of the out of your out of the balloon there on that last segment there jake uh, yeah that's a so great performance and all but yeah. why would i care about the <laughs> super bowl halftime show like, i hate it when you i hate it when you do that to me when i when i say something i'm all excited about it and you go oh yeah okay okay why why should i care about that <laughs> no it's the worst isn't it <laughs> why would anybody right. possibly care about this <laughs> see okay so i apologize uh yeah it, this is one thing that every sports fan in this state will be keenly uh, interested in is uh, is what's going to happen here with uh, with the nba and with uh, already these trades that are coming down uh, it's it's going to be fun to see what what major changes are made and even some of the minor changes might be impactful so yeah we're all paying attention let's talk uh, a little bit about the big trade today gordon uh chris paul is on the move and we can get into the nuts and bolts of the trade here in a second but um i actually i'm not a huge fan of chris paul i find him obnoxious but i really like this deal for pretty much all involved I think this makes Phoenix a better team overnight, and they've got kind of a a, a culture builder type of personality. It, you know, not unlike Jimmy Butler in Miami. This, it, you know, Chris Paul should be immovable with that contract, and he's never going to be worth that kind of money. But he could have a, a a pretty dramatic impact on the Suns, I think. Well, with the guys that they have on that, those young guys, they need somebody one thing about chris paul you might not like his certain attitudes about things but uh, he's a competitor for sure and uh, i think that's what they need down there uh that kind of guiding hand competitively speaking and uh yeah so i i really like that typically i like the deal better for whoever's getting the better player now every once in a while you see you know uh 
uh, these trades that someone stocks up pretty nicely. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're pretty smart there in OKC. They're, they're getting something in return, but but I like it. I like it for the Suns. And I, the Suns won't be, I think, a contender, but they will, they're going to be a pain in the butt this year. I think they make the playoffs. Yeah. This is another another hurdle the Jazz are going to face uh, in the West. It's it's the the Suns just got tougher. Now there there are some players involved: Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome. Uh, mm-hmm. But the the big prize really for Oklahoma City is the is a 2022 first round draft pick. Um, that's I mean that's what they're doing, Gordon. They're acquiring draft picks like it's going out of style. It's it's actually pretty amazing. Um, they're going to, over the next, get this, Gordon, all right? Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder first-round draft picks over the next seven drafts. You ready? Oh, boy. Here we go. 2020, two. 2021, two. 2022, three. 2023, two. 2024, three. 2025, one. 2026, three. Meaning they have 16 first-round draft picks in the next seven drafts. That's so incredible. They were- Yes, it is, and they they will have to emphasize. I hope they have somebody there who is a great evaluator of talent because that will be. It's always important to every team. I get that, but when you have that kind of that kind of selection power, you better be picking the right guys. Well, they're gonna they're gonna flip the vast majority of those, I would think, into other players. So you think they're going to just use it as an asset and trade? Huh? Well, not not entirely. I mean, I'm sure they're a rebuilding team. They're, they're going to take advantage of some of those firsts. But those, you know, they're going to move some of those firsts to, to to acquire some other young players, too. I mean, they'd be – well, there's no way they make those 16 picks, but they'd be crazy to do so. Yeah. Uh, that's typically what teams do. I think when you have three first-round picks, yeah, you're, you're going to sign three guys. Although, although you're, you know, generally speaking – yeah, if you make the right picks, you're getting value for the dollar relative to what – other guys in the league make but uh yeah that's only if you pick the right guys so uh see how that goes for ricky rubio tweeted out a tweet uh dot 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 what a business upside down smiley face don't look now gordon but ricky rubio's feelings are hurt again they are but you can understand it to some extent i mean he's he's a long time pro and he's Oh, he's been playing basketball, professional basketball, since he's, what, 14 or something? Mm-hmm. And he, he understands it, but that doesn't make it any easier because the nature of the game is for coaches to request from the players to pour their heart and soul into what's going on with that team. And we know Ricky Rubio did that with the Jazz, and he's he, he did it with the Suns. And, and so it hurts. It hurts suddenly when you're – when they say, okay, uh, the good news is somebody else wants you. The bad news is we don't. <laughs> well, I don't know if Oklahoma City really wants them either. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's I the hard part. Want. That's the hard part about being uh, a veteran who's making a fairly healthy paycheck because you're valuable when it comes to trades. I mean, we, we've seen various players over the years that just are basically a professional trade asset. They just move from team to team to team because they make enough money that they make things work. Okay, Jim Crowder so me, was that uh, for okay, a little bit. Okay, so let me back that conversation up. You know, uh, 
the bad news is that uh, we're going to trade you, and it's the even worse news is that we're treating you to a team that doesn't want you either. <laughs> That's it. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I got some bad news for you. That, that you're you don't really fit into what they're doing either. So <laughs> because you don't fit in anywhere. But I, 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 Ricky Rubio has his place. He's just not good enough to be, you know, for teams to, you know, not consider not having him on the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to put it as nicely as I possibly can. He's good enough to be a, a solid contributor in the NBA, but he's not quite good enough to be, you know, they, they don't hang up the phone automatically when a team says, uh, how about Ricky Rubio? In fact, quite the opposite. Like, <laughs> they're, they're somewhat excited to include him in the, in the uh, You know, he did a nice job at the Jazz. He just, you know, on certain occasions couldn't shoot straight. But He's know, just a, I mean, he's a, he's a flawed meow. player. I mean, he's he's like 99% of the rest of the league. I mean, he's got his flaws, and there's a reason he's not an all-NBA guy. Yeah, yeah. But I think a guy like that can make a difference in the right setting. Oh, you take him as your backup, you know, to backup Chris Paul? point guard uh, for sure. <laughs> wow. Hmm. But Chris Paul, I mean, it, Chris Paul's going to go in there with a clout. You know, you've heard the rumors uh, surrounding uh, you've heard the rumors surrounding um, Devin Booker and kind of his attitude issues sometimes, probably mm-hmm. just as much as I have. And, and yeah. I don't know, they're just rumors. But if, if in that indeed you're building around uh, a, a player like that, having a mentor that can come in and, and show them how to do it right, I think there's a lot yeah. of value there. And he did that at Oklahoma City. And he can do that for Phoenix. Chris Paul might have carved out a little niche for himself. Where, if, hey, bring bring this veteran aboard, and you're not going to like his paycheck, but he's going to establish a culture in your franchise. What if uh, Devin Booker takes the worst aspects of Chris Paul instead of the best? Oh, man, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Because he's, kind of he's already kind of a whiner uh, with the referees, Devin Booker is. Is that problem going to be magnified? Yeah, he does. He, I don't know if this is fair or not, but he does seem to, to complain about certain things that well, aren't going his I way. Mean, here's something we know about Devin Booker. He's the type of guy that's going to check himself back into a game that they've already <laughs> lost just his so he can stats. get his – what was it, for to get to 50? Something and because, like that. And because the crowd had the, had the gall to cheer for Jimmer Fredette, he calls to his head coach and says, Coach, I'm going back in. So we know that first person oh, about, uh, about Devin Booker. I couldn't believe yeah, it when but, he did that. But Chris Paul, in that, see, that's the kind of thing that I think Chris Paul will straighten him out. You know, that's that would not, be the hope. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. What's most important in a competitive sense on the floor? Now, after a game, he might find a back hallway into the opponent's uh, locker room to stir things up. Yeah, Chris Paul know. is a bit of a psycho. That's true. Do you remember that but, story when that story came out? It's like, what kind of psychopath does this sort of thing in the NBA? <laughs> that's like unheard of. That's, that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a rough characterization, but. Well, in, in uh, let's see, in a in an arena uh, where uh, security comes at a premium and uh, <laughs> law enforcement definitely has a presence, you're going to go uh, and you're a, you're an NBA team. 
You're going to sneak into the other team's locker room and start a brawl? Or, or I don't know what his end game was in that. But at what, point, at what point did somebody involved not stop for one second and go, guys, wait a minute here. This is the dumbest thing we've ever come up with. <laughs> yeah. Whose bad I idea know. was this? But I would take a guy like, well, I mean, the paycheck is what it is. But uh, for the overall effect on a younger team, I, I think Chris Paul is – you could do a lot worse than that. He had a real positive effect on Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and just like Jimmy Jimmy Butler did in Miami, where sometimes, you know, um, personalities that rub people the wrong way, you know, in the long term. I was talking to, to Sean uh, about this before the, the show started with, with Jim Harbaugh. But those types of personalities, like, they get old, right? And especially with veteran players, I'm sure they look at Chris Paul's act and kind of roll their eyes. But with a young team? Uh, that's that's kind of looking for that type of leadership, you know, that could be effective. Now, I don't think he's going to uh, obviously last there five years, but in the short term, I think he could probably do some things for you. No, I, I definitely think the Suns are going to be a bigger challenge for the Jazz than they would have been otherwise, for sure. There's no doubt about that. And from a Jazz fan perspective, that's that's all folks care about. He's... he's uh, He's going to create problems with the Suns. I don't know what the the Thunder, I, I don't know what they're going to look like because I think both you and I underestimated what they were going to accomplish this last year. You know? So, you're, well, we'll you're s- never sure. But but the West is, is tough, and now it's tougher still. Of course, he was already in the West, but you know what I'm saying. What are your thoughts on um, the now officially, official, official, officially, official? James Harden wants out of Houston, yes, and he wants nuts. to go to Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I've really been reading a lot about that this morning and trying to decide where I am on it. I've seen arguments in both directions. I saw one guy that said he he was against it because even though you have three star, superstar type players, there's only one ball, and how are they going to? And, and those all, those guys are ball dominant, you know, all three of them, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So how is that going to work out if they did it? Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think I would, if I could get James Harden, I would, I would go ahead with that. He's such a brilliant offensive player. And I know there are concessions that need to be made, but it's one thing for – you know, uh, some some lesser player to be making uh, some sort of demands. It's something else when it's Kevin Durant saying, "Hey, James, look, we've played together before. You know what I who I am, what I'm about. Uh, let's uh, let's see if we can divide that ball up in an appropriate manner." Uh, because Kevin Durant, there are those who would say he's better than James Harden. And you can't say that about very many teams that James Harden would be on. The other complaint would be who's going to play defense on that team? Uh, nobody. I, I think it would be disastrous. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see it happen, but I, I don't think it would be successful. Who's going to play defense? And who, where's the depth on that team? Because it'd be about those three guys. How, and they're huge. They're huge factors. But, uh, you know, I, I would too. I would find it fascinating. Absolutely fascinating to to put uh, to see how long the guy uh, who famously said when asked by a coach to to make plays for a teammate, that's number 23's job, referring to LeBron James. The guy who said that, 
How long is it going to take for that guy to complain standing there in the corner watching James Harden let the air out of the ball? How long? How long is that going to last? I would love well, to know. I, w- I would love to know how long Kyrie Irving would sit there and go, you know what? Watching James Harden play basketball is great fun. <laughs> I'm really having a killer time. Uh, I'm I'm standing here in the corner. I don't even have to run. You know, he's doing all the dribbling, and uh, this is this is terrific. I mean, how long is that going to last? Uh, now, again, I want to find out. Well, James Harden would have to change, okay. change uh, a little okay. bit. Well, he's got Kevin Durant over there too. He, you know, he's got Kevin Durant. So, so let me get this straight. You're going to take the guy who David Locke and all the, the analytics people call the greatest offensive basketball player to ever play the game. <laughs> You're going to pull that guy aside and go, hey, you should change what you do. Yeah. You should change. <laughs> That's never happening. But I want to see it tried. Sure. Why, I want to, why I want to see want... the. I want to see it collapse just like the if next the, guy. Hold on. If these guys haven't had some conversations – Amongst themselves already. Oh, the, the road to, to, to whatever is paved with good intentions. Gordon, you know that. <laughs> yeah, they're all that buddies. Sounds like, that know. sounds like a line that didn't your dad used to tell you. <laughs> all our dads told us that. Yeah, yeah they're all, you know, hanging out, having beers and going, hey, guess what? All three of us are really good at basketball. Can you imagine how good all three of us would be together? Yeah, man, that would be awesome. Without really contemplating what it means? Yeah, I, I, I buy that, that they have good intentions going in. The Nets so tried this before with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pearson, who, and uh, uh, what's his face? Joe yeah, Johnson, the, or who was I? Yeah, remember. but by that time, those guys were kind were of very the hill. Well, you know, you can make an argument that uh, Kevin Durant might not be the same player coming back, but I, yeah, just I want to see it because it would be a disaster. It, it really would. I mean, I'm Russell not. I'm was, not as sure. I'm not as sure that it would be a disaster. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Remember the storyline going into last year? Oh, these guys are the best of friends. My goodness, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna probably room together on the road. I mean, they're really <laughs> going Matching to make tattoos. it work. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is gonna finally turn into Isaiah Thomas, and this is just gonna be an incredible thing to watch. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and now both of them are requesting a trade so that they could be somewhere else. And you know who's really good and has shown to be really good through his career in bringing teammates together is Kyrie Irving. Oh, t- yeah, totally. He is a, mean, he's a peacemaker. He is a peacemaker. He's a bond, a locker room glue guy, really. Oh, man, I, I want to see it. And the the poor coach that would be designed to uh, or, or charged with getting Steve everybody Dash. to pull in the right direction. <laughs> Is Steve Nash, who is, has zero coaching experience. Who Kyrie Irving already said, he's not really the head coach I am. Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson couldn't couldn't uh, coach that team. Uh, couldn't figure out a way to, to reach those players. Right now we're back and be like, oh, I'll do something else. <laughs> there's no there's – no, but I want to see it. I want to see it. And Austin makes a great point that, that they've already said, well, there's really four head coaches of this team. <laughs> <laughs> or three I mean, or whatever during, he said. That'd be funny uh, during the t- during the timeouts. They go over and everything. And they vote amongst themselves what the play is going to be. I mean, it's I like Survivor, to... where they turn to the camera with the play that they've chosen to run. No, you know what I think they're doing. I think they're going to do that hand, that uh, rock paper scissors thing. <laughs> Rochambeau for the play. Rochambeau. <laughs>
But in order with those three players, all right, and and Kevin Durant can make some hay without being so ball dominant, but let's not pretend like he, he really wants to stand there and not have the basketball. In order for that to work, they'd have to do something like they did in Oklahoma City with the, with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant where they just take turns having possessions. But, I, <laughs> I, I mean, when has that worked? I mean, it almost worked in Oklahoma City, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like there'd be a lot of conflict there. It would depend on the attitude of the players and, uh, and whether you think – I have to believe that uh, James Harden would would find a way, at least at times, to acquiesce to Kevin Durant. Now, Kyrie <laughs> Irving, don't. he's Kevin Durant for crying he's out loud. James Harden for crying I out know, loud. This I know, I know. He's, he's this is how he won an MVP award, <laughs> playing the way that he plays. Yeah, but see, he's not. He, I, I, he's I think, not what? I think, why does he want to go to Brooklyn? He want, he wants to win. Because he wants crazy. to win. He's he, getting paid the same amount. He could he could be the MVP somewhere else. If do you think he really wants to join the Nets to be to absolutely dominate the team and say, hey, the rest of you, KD, you you can just take a seat over there. I, I got this. Yes. Well, then why he can do that anywhere? Why is he got to go to the Nets to do that? Because he's convinced himself the reason he hasn't won an NBA title is because his teammates aren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe he should do what you're talking about if he wants to win a title, but I don't, eh, you know. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think he I don't think he would do that. And uh, by the okay, way, I so... don't think I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to do that already. Yes. So, which of the three is going to be the biggest troublemaker? Well, this deal hasn't gone down quite yet. So, if, but, it, if uh, it were to go down, uh, who would be the biggest troublemaker? It's what Kyrie. Would he be my trouble, probably because, Kyrie, I guess. Because okay, so if you're, if you're if you're comparing sizes of wallets, <laughs> then uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden make about both forty million each, right? Isn't it about that? And then uh, Kyrie, I think, is down around thirty-two. How does he get by? Yeah, but Kyrie already is is motivated to be even more Kyrie because he looks so bad for what happened in Boston. The yeah, team got you, better you, when he left wait, it. Yeah, but wouldn't you be motivated to learn a little something from that? Okay. Uh, you can keep spinning it, Gordon. Go ahead. About, no, you know, no, and, and if it happens and it actually works, I'd be more than happy to give you uh, all sorts of credit. But so I don't what, think you're, what you're saying is that the Nets will be better without James Harden than they would be with him. Well, it depends on what they had to give up to get him and how much they'd have left to spend on other players because, as you point out, it would be essentially a three-man team at that point, which almost worked in Miami LeBron's first year. But also Chris Bosh talks famously about how he had to intentionally take a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder which one would be most likely to take a step back. Hmm. None of the above. <laughs> I hope it happens just because I want to see. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, I would find that fascinating. 
To seriously answer your question, though, the is probably Kevin Durant because he's kind of done that before, playing for those Warriors teams. But those oh, but Warriors, he still was dominant. He still was. A yes, he was. Scorer. Yes, he was. And the philosophy on those teams was very unselfish. Share the ball. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't think that that would be a similar philosophy here. But if I had to answer your question, be Kevin Durant. But is he the guy you would want to take a step back? No. No. No, he's probably, I don't know, as great as Harden is, is, is Kevin Durant more efficient? Oh, I don't know uh, if well, no, not. Aligned. What did Locke drop on us the other day? He's like the most efficient basketball yeah, player I, in the history of whatever. Well, Kevin but Durant I, I don't, can't be too far behind one way or the other. Well, and, right? and nor should these decisions be made based, uh, based on analytics alone. The problem, the problem with a guy like James Harden is, and people always talk about, well, look how many assists he gets, but he gets the assists on his terms. Right. You know? And so how would that fly with these other two players? I, I, well. It's risky. I, I would have to have a conversation with each one of them before I would make that deal, but it's, it's always hard to, to walk away from an opportunity to have three superstar players on your I'll, roster. I'll reiterate it, Gordon. The road to Cleveland is paved with good intentions. <laughs> okay. More next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.